This is Surfing Through Cinema. I'm your host, Hawaii Harry. Today, I'll be discussing the next film for Genre Week and the first film for Musicals Week. This is a movie based off of the Broadway classic about French revolutionists in the early 19th century. This week is all about Les Miserables. Okay, so some technical details about Les Miserables, or Les Mis, as some people call it. So it was nominated at the 2013 Academy Awards for Best Picture. And the Academy really liked it for its use of music and its use of characters. And it's definitely true with the music. You know, another technical aspect, the music was recorded on, on the sets rather than pre-recorded as they typically do with musicals. So you could definitely feel the actual emotions of the actors as they're singing versus it just being, you know, just then miming their lines. So it's one of the first movies in a long time to utilize this technique. It was released December 25th, 2012, which is the 150th anniversary of the release of the original novel. So it was a big milestone for both the book and the movie to be released about the same day. All right, so let's get into the plot. So a man is released from prison after 19 years of service, and he's asked to be put on parole. He breaks his parole, and he tries stealing from a bishop that has taken him in, and he's arrested and brought back to the bishop. And the bishop, rather than condemning him and saying he stole from him, he said, no, I, I did give him the silver he stole, and he forgot about these other this is a silver that I gave to him. And after the police leave, um, the bishop commissions the main character, Jean Valjean, to use the silver to become a wealthy and honest man and to serve other people. Valjean decides to be a totally different person. It cuts to eight years later, where he's now a mayor of a town, and he's known for being generous and kind to everybody. A dying factory worker woman asks him, if he could find her daughter and start taking care of her, since the worker, her name is Fontaine, she was about to die and didn't want her daughter to die as well. Valjean he decides to accomplish this task, and he goes and he adopts a little girl named Cosette. And from that point forward, his life completely changes forever once again. He goes from being a wealthy man to now being a father in it having to take care of somebody else. And so a few years after that, his daughter's now grown up into a young woman, and she starts to fall in love with a rich boy named Marius, who's also part of the French Revolution that was going on during this time. There's a huge standoff between the French Revolutionists and the, the guards, from the, the King's Guards, and of course the revolution is a failure, and each of them loses their lives. And Valjean finds um, Marius's body and drags him through the sewers to help him escape from death. Marius is brought back to health, and he and Cosette are married. And Valjean, being ashamed of who his past life was, decides he needs to leave. And he tells Marius his whole story of how he went from being a prisoner to then becoming a businessman and now to being a father. And he, he just can't bear telling that truth to Cosette. So after the wedding, they decide they need to go and find Valjean. 
and they find him, he's back at the church he was in earlier, and he's saying his last words. He's on his deathbed, basically. And he writes out his last confession and gives it to Cosette. And, and then the spirit of Fontaine comes and helps him transition from this life into the next one. And that's where the film ends. So that's the plot of Les Miserables. And, and it's, it's a pretty interesting film. I mean, you know, it's very tragic. Every character is miserable in some way or another. You know, that hence the title of it, you know, The Miserable People. And, yeah, like, it's very much a, not necessarily a hero's journey, but definitely the story of how a man um, goes from being basically evil, how a man completely changes from what he used to be. And, um, and I really like that. It's... It's a really good storyline. I could definitely see why it's been adapted to many movies, many musicals. And so this is the film version of the musical. And, um, you know, I think it was very brave of them to decide to have the actors sing on while being filmed rather than pre-recording. And you could definitely tell the difference between this and, let's say, like, Into the Woods or... Um, Basically, any other musical before this, this film. So yeah, that's the plot. Uh, we're going to go to break real quick, but first, here's a message from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's how. It's totally free. There are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast from your computer and even your cell phone. But that's not all. Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You could even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a complete podcast all in one small place. So go on and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Okay, so we're back from our break. So now we'll get into some critical reviews of the movie. So Metacritic gives it a 63, saying how, although the music is wonderful, as it always has been from the Broadway musical, um, they felt that the actors and the, uh, the pacing of the film was a little too quick and not too professional. And that goes on to the next point. Many fans of the musical aren't huge fans of the movie. I mean, initially, when it first came out, they were. Like, they were so excited that they finally had a screen adaptation of it. But they weren't too impressed with it, because <clears throat> kind of like the problem critics had with it, they felt that it was rushed, it didn't feel real, it didn't really connect with the audience. So the biggest problem many fans had with the movie is with Russell Crowe. They feel he's a horrible singer, and that he was uh, wrongfully casted to be Javert. That's pretty much people's problems with it. There aren't too many issues. I mean, the film won a couple Oscars and was nominated for a bunch more. So so other than, you know, Russell Crowe and, and all of that, I don't think there are too many other complaints with the movie. You know, generally speaking, people like this film. I mean, it's pretty dark and depressing, so it's not like a happy-go-lucky musical like you typically see, like with The Music Man or with 
um, Hello Dolly, you know, any of those other ones. But yeah, like, generally speaking, people still like it. I don't know if as much as the musical, but definitely, definitely up there with it. So now we'll get into my views of it. I personally think the music is fantastic. I think Eddie Redmayne's cover of Empty Chairs at Empty Tables is phenomenal. You can really feel his emotion and see it in his face. I think he was one of the better actors in the film. And just with the story in general, I really love the allegory of justice versus mercy. You know, Javert, he represents justice. He's always trying to make sure he's obeying the law. He's always trying to make sure that justice is served. You know, how Valjean escaped his parole. Yeah, and finally he, he just can't decide if justice can be satisfied. He's, you could really feel that inner turmoil. You have Javert being justice, and then you have Jean Valjean being mercy. He's always trying to help people. You know, he's always trying to find the best interest in them. And he's really a good exemplar of mercy. Because the two are always conflicting with each other, they can never be satisfied. And so the bishop in this film kind of acts as the mediator that's needed to satisfy the needs of both justice and mercy. Although Jean Valjean broke his parole, which is breaking the rules of justice, the bishop um, satisfied the needs of justice by having Jean Valjean become an honest man and telling him to help other people. And... Yeah, I've always loved that comparison. It's always an interesting um, story dynamic. You, you typically only see that in older stories. And as much as people say how much they hate him, I don't think Russell Crowe is that bad of a singer. I mean, he's definitely not great, but I don't think he was terrible. I, I think some credit needs to be given to how the fact, you know, he's singing on set and all of them were singing on set without any technical um, changes to their voices, really. Like, I think, I don't think people should be so hard on him. Personally, I felt Amanda Seyfried's voice was more annoying. Is <laughs> that sing-song bird type of voice. I don't know, I thought it was a little annoying. But, um, all in all, though, I think most of them were good singers and good choices. Like, I really enjoyed... Um, Hugh Jackman and Jean Valjean, especially in the beginning of the film when they're when he's like pulling in the ship in the shipyard, I thought that was insane. You know, he lost a ton of weight to do that and like throughout his beard and looked all grimy and gross. And so when you see him later on, you know, big, he's a lot bigger, more filled out. You could definitely see that he went through a lot physically for the character. So I really appreciated that aspect of it. And another fact, like Anne Hathaway, you know, deciding to cut all of her hair off, and uh, the scene of them cutting the hair actually is when they cut her hair. So it's it's insane what they had to go through for this movie. You know, that's my thoughts on uh, Les Misérables. I really like the story of it. I personally haven't read the book just because every time I try, it's it's really difficult to read. Um, and I know there are other adaptations of it. There's a 1998 film with Liam Neeson as Jean Valjean and um, Jeffrey Rush as Javert. So I'd, I'd like to see that one because unlike this film, it's not the musical. It's just the storyline from the book. So I, 
I want to see it just to see the differences between both the musical and this movie adaptation and with the, the book itself. Being that it's a musical, I don't think it's for everybody. I definitely think, you know, if you're up for the emotional roller coaster and for the fact that almost every line of dialogue is music, you know, just have that in mind as you go in and watch it. And that's with any musical, really. I know not a lot of people watch them really anymore, you know, with a few exceptions here and there with like um, La La Land and, and Disney still making their musical movies. But, you know, other than that, you don't see them as often anymore. So, will it have a revival? I don't know. I personally don't know. I think people still like watching Broadway and going to them in person. I think that will always be around, you know. And then you hear rumors of, like, Wicked being adapted to a, um, a movie and how they filmed the... Uh, Hamilton, how that's going to be released in Disney Plus. I'm I'm excited to see that. I've never seen it, so we'll see how it goes. You know, my views when it comes to musicals from Broadway to being adapted to the movies. Um, you know, I grew up listening to the Broadway version of it, so I always had had the original singers in mind, but I think. This is one of the better ones. I know there are far worse um, musical-to-movie adaptations. I think this is a fine one. I think in the past 20 years, it's definitely in the top 10, considering there haven't been too many, but I think it's definitely one of the better ones. I, I really recommend it. I think if you're really interested in the story of it, of like the justice and mercy allegory, I think you would enjoy it. But yeah, that's my thoughts and opinions of Les Miserables. I, again, I highly recommend it if you're into musicals. Yeah, I don't really have a lot bad to say about it, you know. Maybe I'm a little um, biased because I've always loved Les Miserables, but I think it's one of the better ones. I really do. Alright, so next time I'll be discussing the next film for Star Wars Week. Um, this film takes place at the end of the Clone Wars. So this film gives us a lot of drama and tragedy within characters that we've grown to love so much. Um, but on top of that, it's also given the internet some of the greatest memes. So next week will be all about Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Right? But until next time, this has been Surfing Through Cinema with Hawaii Harry. Take care. Thank you for listening to Surfing Through Cinema. Make sure to check us out on Facebook at Surfing Through Cinema with Hawaii Harry and on Instagram with Surfing Through Cinema. We also have a website, www.anchor.fm forward slash surfing through cinema, where you can learn more details on upcoming episodes and on past episodes.